Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. My name is Emily Hawkins. How I used to introduce myself is, I have 15 years in supply chain, creating and leading teams, streamlining processes, managing millions of dollars. Except that's not what I do anymore. I'm a career and life coach. And I wanna take you on the journey of how to lead yourself, how to take your career to the next level, whatever that may be. I'm gonna give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. Words you're saying that are potentially hurting your career. I have a list of about six different words and phrases Some of them kind of go together. You may be guilty of saying these. I can tell you that I have said all of these at one point in my life, and I've definitely managed people that loved using these words and phrases. And it got under my skin, and I will explain why. And if you are using these words, I want to share with you what it is saying about you. You probably don't even realize this, right? That's what I'm here. I like to think of myself as your mirror. I'm that hard conversation that you're having maybe in your car with yourself, and I completely understand. I've been there. But I want to hold that mirror up and say, "Mm, let's stop saying these things, but I also want to teach you how to move forward. So remove the mirror and walk forward. The best way to do that is to talk about maybe the things you're saying now and how to correct those in the future. So let me start with the first two, and I'm grouping these together because they really should go together. Always and never. I write this second can't really think of anything that I feel comfortable enough making a sweeping generalization such as always or never. I always work out at 530 in the morning, except on the weekends. And except when my schedule gets thrown off, except when I get sick. So I don't really always work out at 530 in the morning, do I? I would never, ever raise my child that way. (laughs) I have said that word so many times in my life. And I have done all the things on my never raise my children list. So we can just knock that one out. Now think of these in terms of work. Well, we've always done it that way. Okay, maybe it's time to change. Things have progressed. I use this amazing site that my online courses are hosted on. And this site is so amazing because they are constantly updating it. So I joined with them almost two years ago. So I've had my courses out there for two years. But guess what? The way that I uploaded my courses and did my things for my courses two years ago, some of that technology has dramatically changed. And so I've been able to go back on and change some things, do some things differently. And I intend to do this forever because I believe that just because something's operated well for me thus far doesn't mean I can't move forward. And I love that they're always changing things. (laughs) See what I did there? Uh, But I will 
never stick with something that's archaic. Ooh, yes, I would. If it was working for me, I totally would. And always changing things, they're changing things in a productive way. So if you find yourself at work saying, we've always done it this way, mm, stop yourself right there and ask why. Instead of saying we've always done it this way, why not tack a why at the beginning of that sentence? Why have we always done it this way? And then never, I would never, blah, 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 blah. I want you to add a word to the end of that, unless. So I would never go on this site and order a product this way, unless. And see how that opens your thought process. So now I want to move on to some more phrases. Another favorite a classic, if you will, I don't know. Is that truly acceptable in 2019? We have the internet. We have amazing things on the internet, such as Google and YouTube. You can pretty much watch a video on anything. And you can figure something out really fast. And there's this other amazing thing that's been around for hundreds of years, and it's called a library. <laughs> I still go on, of course, using the internet, onto my library's website and reserve books. I will research something, curious about it, and then the first place I go is the library because, well, friends, I'm cheap. So I will reserve something at the library because what if I hate the book? Then I'm not out the money, Right. But what if I also want to read a bunch of different things? So I'll get like five different books before I find the one that really is maybe my speed, exactly what I'm looking for. Regardless, it's really not okay to say, I don't know. There are ways of saying this, though. You just can't put the period at the end of no. So that can't be your full sentence. So what you can say is, I don't know right now but I will have that for you in the next hour. I don't know right now, but I'm going to go talk to Beth in accounting. Or give me a few minutes. I'm going to understand this landscape better so that I can give you a better answer. Uh, if anybody said that to me, I would be very much excited because I knew whatever they were going to send me was not just seven or five or yes or no but a very in-depth analysis on what it was I was asking. Because guess what? When people are in meetings and they're asking questions, they're not asking what they need. They're just asking surface level things. So if you take that one little thing that they have and go deeper with it, and you've given yourself the opportunity to do that by saying, let me do some research on that. I will have it for you by, make sure to put a deadline on that. Not giving a deadline means you could have it in three years. So give it a deadline. That will garner you so much respect. I don't have time for that. <laughs> okay. I personally think that time and money are very similar in terms of everyone has time and everyone has money. Uh, you may be cringing right now and saying, oh, I don't have any money. I don't have any time. Not true. 
I really want you to get any book by David Bach. He wrote a book called The Automatic Millionaire that I read in, oh my goodness, 1998-99 when I knew nothing about finances and was graduating from high school. He has written so many amazing books and he will share with you something called The Latte Factor about how everyone has enough money. And I can tell you graduating from college and having my first job and barely scraping by, I was still able to save. Now, how does this relate to I don't have time? It's the same concept. You have the time. It's just where it's allocated. So if you say to your boss, your boss says, I really want you to work on XYZ. And in your head, you're thinking, I don't have time to do that. You need to out loud explain your day. Because what it might be is that you're in this meeting, and then you're going to that meeting, and then you have a strategy session, and da 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 da, and da 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 da. Guess what he's going to help you with, or she? They will help you by putting somebody in those other spots so that it frees up your time to do the thing that matters most, the more urgently needed item. So speak through why you don't have time. Don't just say, I don't have time, or I don't have bandwidth. Talk through it, why you don't have bandwidth, where that is. And by the way, you'll notice I didn't say anything about staying late or getting there early. Do not get into that habit either. What happens is you set a precedence. And when things get tough, and maybe there's some layoffs, they're going to give the extra work to you because they think you have the bandwidth to do it. And my friend, you don't. You don't have the bandwidth because you're already coming in early and staying late and maybe doing work after your kids go to bed. That's not a healthy work-life balance. Do not get into that habit. So I would not even put that on the table as an option because it's a really slippery slope to get yourself stuck in. Another one that definitely gets people all the time... That's not my job. (laughs) I worked at a toy store, and I've talked about this before, in high school. Oh, that job taught me so much. One of the most interesting things was when I first started there, they said, you know, at night, this is our cleaning up policy. Uh, You know, somebody's got a vacuum. Somebody else has got a mop because we had a mixture of tile and carpet. So and there's dusting, and then there's cleaning the bathrooms, and there's balancing the registers. So there's all these different things that need to happen when the business closed. And I remember, you know, just clockwork going through these things, just doing these things. And one day, we hired a new lady. And she was, oh, she was so professional, beautifully dressed. And when it got to be closing time, I said, do you want to, do you want to mop, sweep and mop, or do you want a vacuum? Cause I don't really care which one. And she said, oh no, I don't, I don't do that. And <laughs> my 16 year old head was like, you can say that that's okay. It wasn't okay. By the way, it was not okay. We were making $5 and 15 cents an hour. Nothing was beneath us. I learned from that moment, how I saw 
our manager's face because if she if if she wasn't going to do it then our manager had to do it somebody has to do it right and that woman didn't make it very long there i know that's shocking to hear but that's exactly what happens when you start with that type of mentality that's not my job you were hired to do something and those goals need to be met if what is being asked of you does not meet those goals that's a conversation. It's about really serving the customers that you support and bringing in revenue for the business. So if the activity that you're given isn't something you're gold off of and isn't serving customers, isn't really affecting the bottom line, then that's when you would say, I'm not sure this serves the overall goals of the organization. Could you explain this further? But if you own a business or you are a part of a business, you are taking a paycheck from a business, everything is your job. Your job is to serve the people that pay you. That is your job. And if running an analysis mopping the floors, (laughs) any of those types of activities serve, then my friend, it is your job. Another, another crowd pleaser for me personally, if you say this to me, the hair on the back of my neck stands up, but I don't like that task. (laughs) Uh, You know what I don't like? I don't like editing this podcast. I love standing in my closet and talking to you and I love publishing it and I love writing the notes for it. I hate editing it. I hate it. But you know what? It's part of this process. And so I spend an hour or two every week editing this, putting the music in. All of it's me. Uh, Some of the fancier podcasts that say things like music direction by so-and-so and edit-in-chief, you know, engineers, I thought, oh, if I did that, people would think that I was very self, I was very pretentious or very um, self-important because engineering, Emily, (laughs) music, Emily. Well, I didn't write the music, but I edited it and I put everything together. So yeah, because you know what? Uh, By the way, I'm an entrepreneur and everything's my job. And even the things I don't like doing, oh, I learned so much from them. I have learned so much about editing. I really have. There's so many things that I, when I go back to listen to some of the older podcasts and some of my videos and things like that, because I edit everything, I realize how far I've come in this learning journey. So if you hate a task... If you're an entrepreneur, hire someone. Uh, I ha- This isn't enough work for me to hire somebody to do it. But if you're not an entrepreneur, then ask yourself why you hate the task. Could you automate it? Could it be something that you could put on autopilot, create a macro if you're an Excel person? Could you put it in a database, have it spit out for you, create you know, a data warehouse? I'm a huge fan of those. Is there a way to take this task and make it better? Or do you not like this task because you know it's a lot of work? And why is it a lot of work? Because you don't understand the task? Because what is that? Go down that rabbit hole and figure out why you don't enjoy it 
and bring that problem to your boss. And by the way, bring them a solution as well. One of my employees many years ago came to me and said, I hate entering purchase orders into our ERP system. And the ERP system was basically where all of our transactions went. So when we ordered product, it would spit out an invoice that went to our, well, a purchase order that went to our vendors so that they knew exactly what to put in boxes and send to us and bill us for. Well, the system we used was janky. And you had to go line item by line item and manually type all of this in. And I would love to tell you that this was in 1992 or something, but this was actually in 2016. That's right, when this shouldn't have been a problem, but we had a very old ERP. Instead of coming to me and complaining about it, I mean, she did, but she came with a solution. She said, I wonder if there's a way we could talk to the developers about building a spreadsheet and the spreadsheet could be fed into the system. Now, the thing that saddens me about the story is that she went on to another job, bigger and better things, and it took six months for that amazing tool to be built, but it happened and it saved an entire headcount on my team because of what she thought of. So she hated the task, but she figured out a way around it. It took time to get built, but wow, you know what else happened, by the way? When we took the manualness out of it, which I don't even know if that's a word, our accuracy improved. So our accounts receivable people weren't pulling their hair out trying to match things up. It was a win-win for everyone involved. So if you hate a task or you don't like it, why is that? Lean into it. Come up with a better solution. Something I would say to the lady that I worked with at the toy store is I'm pretty sure she owns a Roomba. Because if she hates floors, it's just like the only way around that. In closing, I want you to really stop and think before you open your mouth to say something negative. It's so easy to speak in negatives. I want you instead to think of solutions, how to make things better. And that, my friend, will make you a problem solver. And who doesn't love that? I hope you have a wonderful week. We'll talk soon. Did you love what you heard today and you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. It's packed with tips and tricks to lead and love your life. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. I'll see you here next week.